The Waddle and Sylvie podcast is brought to you by BlueChew.com. Get the chewables that give you the confidence you need and the performance you both want when it's time to have fun. BlueChew.com. Use code Vegas for $20 off your first order. Now, Waddle and Sylvie. Here we go, yo. All right, we're live at Hallis Hall today, and we got to talk about songs later. Danny Zetterman was very excited. I think he got the Bears to play a song today on the field <laughs> during their practice. I I, I I was very confused about why, why was Danny concerned with his playlist being executed out there today. I don't know if I'm even supposed to talk about it or not with the details. But he was very Why, is it state secret. Uh, he was very excited, and I think it had to do with like uh, a walk-up song. And the reason I mention this is because uh, Adam Johns is a a travel baseball guy as well. Adam has covered the Bears for years, and uh, he is now um, covering the Bears for the Athletic. But he is now a coach. Do you coach with Danny Zetterman no, I, I, or against? Against Danny Zetterman. Oh. So this is competing leagues? Competing leagues. Uh, my oldest son has actually played uh, Carmen DeFalco's team as well. And I hear Carmen's league is very good. Um, he comes up for the Glenview Jim Christ tournament, which is like the weekend after 4th of July. Up here, very good tournament. We didn't see him this year. We played him last year, but I won't tell you who won. Which means you won. Which which, <laughs> which, oh, so. which guy is, is, is more in control of his, his emotions, Danny Zetterman or Carmen DeFalco? As a Danny and I got into it a little bit last year really? In, really? in a game in Glenview. Uh, the catcher was thrown out, or someone was thrown out at second by a catcher. Great, great play. Um, he called him safe when the ball beat him there. I'm like, Danny, ball beat him there. He's got to be out. This, is, this was 8U last year, so a little bit crazy baseball parents coming out. He said he was safe. I said he was out. Ball beat him there. Home field ump gave him the call. So wait, so you th- like I don't I don't know how how do you rule on this, Waddle? Well, so I think you rely beats, on the umpire. Well, yeah. Danny was the umpire. No, I, no, no. Danny was coaching third base, so I was the coach on the the bench right there, and the our guy threw out their guy. At least I thought we did. Do you have an umpire? Yes. Oh, it ate you. Yes, in this travel league. Yes. So, so was, who called? What the umpire said? So the the umpire called him safe, and I thought he was out. Okay, so but you and Danny got into it. Yes, on the sideline there a bit, just briefly. Over the call, like o- you, over the you call, two were over the call. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Come on, Blue. He goes. He was safe. I don't know. Danny ball beat him there. This is it. You. You got to give the call to the catcher. How did you feel about yourself after that exchange? Like proud. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. It's it's fun. It was even more fun that it was. Danny, a little back yeah. and forth. Danny's upstairs right now, huddled in the corner with with uh, Jeff Joniak, and they're they're keeping their voices way down too. I, saw their I don't know what's going on. A lot of plans, a lot of plans. Too up many, there. you know, media members walking in and out those yeah. doors up there. Yeah, oh, really? Are they bothering you? It's not bothering me. Maybe they're bothering them. Oh. <laughs> He was safe, Danny. Yes. Sorry. Oh, no, he was so, out, Danny. So Danny and uh, our team played again this year. We tied. Um, we didn't tie. See, we, yeah, we, first, we tied. First you're arguing the arms. Now you're playing to a tie. A tie, yes. I think it was 11-11 tie. They o- wanted to go over home. here in Glenview. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 11-11 tie. That's a two-and-a-half-hour yeah. game for eight-year-olds. Yeah. That ump was interesting, at least that game. Uh, 
some debated calls, but we'll leave that for another. Wow, it sounds like there's a. Like, are, you, are you a hard You're the, the, no, I'm not. You're the uh, Earl Weaver uh, of it. No, 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 I'm really not. I'm really not. Um, especially when they're like the teenage umps, you leave them alone. They're 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 kids. But, but when the old guys. When, when, when it's the old dude, <laughs> Earl Weaver of eight U. Yes. Tossing yeah. bases. Wreck yeah. base. No, 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 no. Just maybe occasionally else from the. Uh, <laughs> From the bench. <laughs> All right. So, how many years now have you uh, have you covered the Bears? What year? Oh, is this it for is year you? twelve. Year twelve. Yeah, wow. it's flying by. Yeah. Is this? Uh, how do you feel about gauging the excitement level? Is this number one? Would you say nineteen was was the most excitement that you had? Where Where does this rank as far as like the optimism, the excitement level? The year in Bourbon A. When they had Brandon Marshall, Martellus Bennett, and Mark Tressman was there, it was just a unique optimism that they were just building around the quarterback for the first time in, in Jay Cutler. And there was just more fans there. And that was part yeah. of the buzz, too. I mean, some days there were like nine, ten thousand 10,000 fans there. I'm not exaggerating either. They would come by and tell you on the sideline how many fans were there. And it was in, in the high... Almost ten thousand, like per day. So that was like the greatest buzz that I've covered. We've we've left there since um, nineteen. There was a buzz, and then Trubisky struggled down there in Bourbonnais. But uh, that early on down in Bourbonnais, with especially with all those characters, I, I would say was the greatest excitement that I felt. How about this camp? I mean, at least the pace. How is it different than even four, five, six years ago, in terms of how much time they're out there and the. You know what's going on, what's taking place. Yeah, it seems yeah, to be a yeah. lot of walking yes, out there. Yes, um, like these three days on, one day off. That feels new. It's even hard for like the reporters to get in a routine, trying to find which which practices which. Uh, Matt Nagy had like these ten ten practices, which was usually his light practice that he tried to maybe intensify a walkthrough. We covered a lot of those. Um, Eberflus. I've been using this word a lot. He's he's very purposeful. Mm-hmm. Everything is is very. Done with 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 a reason. Like yesterday, we saw ten third downs called in a row just to test not only Justin Fields in those situations, but Luke Getze and how he wants to respond. And it was Eberflus almost at whim changing the yardage. And he would I I, I believe this yesterday, guys. Watching, I think the officials were in on everything with Matt Eberflus because you would see these guys just standing still. I didn't see a false start, and the, and the flag would be thrown. So they would go from like third and five to third and ten. And Luke Etsy has to change his play call. So I think he really wanted to test everything offensively yesterday. That's interesting because I, I got a little concerned because I thought Darnell Wright was called for false starts a few times. Are you saying that maybe there wasn't a false start in there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I believe that. I would think Luke Getze would, would argue the same, at least on the field. He was like, who, who moved? And you saw the coaches looking... They look confused as, as to what happened. I think some of it, again, was purposeful. And they wanted to see how they deal with adversity yes. and what play call would be called. Yeah, going from third and seven to third and 12. Yes, that test them out. Interesting. What has been your take of what you've seen from the offense so far? I believe they can run the ball again. I think DJ Moore brings an immediate upgrade, not only to, to Justin Fields and what he can do, but to, and to the entire offense. Yeah. The field tilts in his direction, and you, and you could see it. I think Chase Claypool bring some more. I think Cole Clement's going to have a good year, but it's the quarterback. And I think there's some questions on the offensive line as well, but if Justin Fields takes the steps that are needed or that can be made, you can see something good. What have you seen from the quarterback so far? I think the ball has gotten out quicker. As opposed to to last year, we saw him holding the ball a lot 
in seven and sevens where he'd have a bunch of incompletions and, and Tom, you know, you don't want to see the ball thrown away or him scramble yeah. in seven on seven drills and everything tilts in the favor of the offense. So to see him have periods in seven and seven where he's eight for ten, nine for ten. I think that's a big sign of progress. Yeah. Uh, so, so a couple of things of what you just mentioned. Uh, let's go to Claypool. I agree. He's had a very good camp so far. Do, are you concerned at all about some of the leg issues? He, he had some leg issues when he first got here. He had uh, mini camps, and uh, he was out for that. And now all of a sudden he tweaked his hamstring. Uh, are you worried now that this will slow the momentum that he's built? Yeah, I think so. I think so because I think you saw a play out. Last year a little bit. Now, Justin Fields had his own injuries, and I get it. The The context was different. Justin Fields was still learning the offense. Chase Claypool arrived in the middle of a season, in the middle of a bad season. So there's a lot of different things at play, but you want to keep things going. You want to stay on the field. You, you don't want someone else to step in your place, and all of a sudden that relationship with Justin Fields looks better and it's more productive. Like a guy like Tyler Scott, completely different receiver, but he's had a very good camp as well. You could see that the receiving core – like, there's some weaponry there that wasn't there last year, and I think all these guys have a chance to build a rapport with Fields. And then and then the other part that you were talking about on the offensive line, Nate Davis is someone that we talked a lot about during crosstalk. Do you believe that Nate Davis is out because he doesn't love to practice? And if so, do you believe that the Bears knew this and it's all part of the plan? I find that hard to... To, to really digest, just knowing what Matt Eberflus wants out of guys, like the not only just the yeah, like on a daily basis, he wants activity and hard activity. He he wants you busting your tail out there. So I I do think it's an injury. Yes, of course it's an injury. We can report that's an injury. What that injury is, the Bears aren't exactly revealing. But no, it's not a good sign when he's when he comes out for a little bit and then he's on the sideline again. That's what happened this week. So. When you when you pay this much money to to have someone start at right guard and then you move Tevin Jenkins over to left guard, you want him on the field building chemistry with your brand new right tackle and your new center who hasn't played center in, in a few years, regardless of his experience in Cody Whitehair. So that chemistry, the lack of availability, it's all a problem right now for Dave Davis. That's a good point too. Yeah. Next to Darnell Wright, yes. like Darnell Wright, every snap he's taking is a new snap for him. So you want that veteran right guard next to him every step. Yeah, he's gone from Nate Davis to Lucas Patrick, who is now out with an injury, to Jatari Carter at right guard. So that doesn't help the <laughs> the, the tenth overall pick whatsoever in terms of finding some continuity with what he's doing, because he's already having his own growing pains on the field. I think we've all seen that. But to have some some chemistry with his teammate, it keeps changing to no, the No, it's a great point. It really is, because uh, it, that, that unit needs to be very cohesive. And when you're not getting snaps from Nate Davis, it doesn't help. How have you felt about the defense? I've, I've thought that there have been moments where the defense really looks like they have some potential, especially in their back seven. Yeah, yeah. You know, I asked Alan Williams, the other day in the, hall, in the hallway, I'm like, you know, it's an old cliche. It all starts up front, but your secondary yeah. with what you guys have invested in terms of draft capital, it looks like you got some players back there. Could it work, you know, back to front? He goes, no, it all starts up front. So he dismissed that idea right away. But I think he knows. We all know that the talent there is is obvious. It's not just the, the size, speed, and all the attributes you like coming out of the draft. They're actually making plays yeah. on the ball. A lot of them are. I said Stevenson to me looks like a guy that that belongs. Like usually rookies get kind of lost in their head will spin a little bit. 
he looks like he's been in camp for two, three years. Yeah, and he's competing against DJ Moore yeah. an awful lot. It was two days ago, all the days are starting to blend together, where he's winning some reps now yeah. against DJ Moore and getting pass breakups. Yeah, I do love I do love those the back seven. But so, who do you believe will rush the passer? <laughs> they obviously just signed someone who has done it. His ceiling isn't, you know, top end ceiling. He consistently will get you ten sacks a year. It seems like, and will only sack the quarterback. Other than that, who sacks the quarterback this year? I think Dominique Robinson. If this this very recent stretch of practice is is a sign of anything, like he's beating Braxton Jones a lot now, I don't know if that's alarming for Braxton yeah, Jones, right. I was say. <laughs> your, your left tackle, or if that's good for for Dominique Robinson. But this was a mid round pick with a lot of the the physical tools that you want out of a defensive end, where he just had to learn to play the position. You're starting to see that right now come to fruition in a lot of different ways. I like the Marcus Walker, but again. He hasn't been on the field. You're looking at five, six sacks there maybe, and I think you would take that. But if you wanted a young guy, like someone to, to think about in terms of potential, I would pick Robinson. How about the two, the two rookies, interior defensive linemen? Have, they, have you seen anything from them? You, you know, if you wanted to like rank the rookies just in terms of who has impressed you the most, they, they, they might, be, might be at the bottom of the list. Yeah. And that's, that's probably a problem, but... Or is it hard to tell because you don't have many full contact practices and maybe you'll get a better gauge on who they are next week in Indy That's when what they, I they to practice get to. with like the Colts? Like you want to see them go full go, but any of these guys will tell you that they're stopping at some point in their rush. One, because number one's right behind right. that offensive line, and they don't want to hurt their offensive line and teammates. I think Matt Eberflus in one team drill actually came over, and I don't know what he said exactly, but you could see, you know, keep it. Keep the pace up. Keep it real as, as much as you can because you don't want to hurt your teammates whom you need, especially number one in, in case you get carried away. I'm, I'm a huge advocate of teams practicing against one another. I think you'll get more out of the two practices next week against the Colts than you'll get out of any of these preseason games. Do you like seeing the Bears do this? And do you agree that this is where you can get a lot of intel on who you are as a team? Yeah, 100%. We've covered a few of these uh, in the past few years. I want to say John Fox. Went to New England for the Patriots. We did go to the Colts not too long ago. Uh, I know this this year, next week, we'll be at a different location. And I want to say we went to Denver not too long ago. Trubisky was the quarterback. He, he had a couple of good days out there. That might have been the 2018 season. So certain things do emerge. But, yes, in terms of what you want to see in these joint practices, to me it's the rookies. Yeah. It's the guys in the trenches. It's, it's not just like the defensive tackles you want to see finish and go full go, like all the way to the whistle. Like I want to see Darnell Wright finish his blocks too mm-hmm. because those offensive linemen, they're slowing up too. Tevin Jenkins has had a few opportunities to, to completely pancake some guys in the second level in practice, and you can actually see him like slow up, hands go up, and he just stops himself in live game action. He's yeah. putting his head down and putting yeah. someone on their back. Uh, Darnell Mooney, I think, has had a pretty good camp. Do you believe they are close or talking about a contract extension with Mooney, or do they need to see his health in the regular season? Yeah, I I think um, seeing is still believing. And they've said so many good things about Darnell Mooney since since Ryan Poles has arrived. (laughs) Darnell Mooney was the first player praised by name by Ryan Poles. That was two years ago at the Combine. So you know... 
They like the kid. They know they like his, his future, but I think at this point, especially with DJ Moore here, seeing is believing a little bit more. How do you project this team in 2023? Like, what are your expectations for them? Well, I think the division, number one, is, is pretty wide open. I know everybody's high in the Lions. I know what the Vikings did last year, although the statistics would say there's kind of like they're they're in too many close games for that to right. continue this year. They're they're going to lose some of those. It'll be a games. regression to the mean. Yes, yes. Um, so I think it's wide open. If if this defense isn't the league's worst, and if this offense, I don't know, finishes in the the fifteen, the twenty range, or even like the twelve to eighteen, like you take that, and that's like an eight win season. Yeah. And I think that's progress made by the entire team and franchise. Well, I'm with you. I, I mean, I and I think for me. I don't even know that you'll be able to judge it so much by the record because I think that'll that'll be a, re, a residual from the progress that you'll see or you won't see with the eye test. Like, you'll just see and you'll say, yes, they're a significantly better group this year than they were last year, and that yep. may equate to seven or eight wins, which would be a huge step forward for this organization. Yeah, I think you see that right now in camp, just to, whether it's equating it to the, the feel last year. Like, last year at this time, you didn't know if your best players were going to be here beyond the season. It was Robert Quinn. We had the whole Roquan Smith situation where he was requesting a trade in, in the middle of camp where at, at Family Fest of all days that right. that happened on. David Eddie Montgomery, Jackson was also a guy that you didn't know where he was going. Yeah, David Montgomery was in a contract year. Yeah, um, Obviously, he didn't get the deal he wanted, even though they did try to resign him. So this year, there seems to be some stability. You have two draft classes in the fold. The, the vibe feels more energetic and positive than it did last year when it was clearly a rebuilding game. Yeah. Like, Johns, the thing, and we're talking to Adam Johns, the thing that I always cite, it, it, first of all, their schedule overall is easier. And the division is easier. They went over in the division. Yeah. Again, if you could just split those games in the division, those are three more wins right now than you had last year right off the bat. And just by being better, I think you're going to get three more wins besides the division. So, like, I think right there that's five to six more wins overall on top of the three that you had last year. I think they it, it's not far-fetched to say eight or nine. No. Like, th- like, these teams that they're playing, that they're lining up and they're playing, these aren't real tough teams where we're going to say – they shouldn't beat Washington. They shouldn't beat Arizona. Those are teams that you should line up and you should beat. If you don't beat Green Bay once this year, that's a problem. If you don't find a way to to beat uh, the Vikings one time, it's a problem. I think it's a problem. I <laughs> yeah. think I, like you got to finish a game against Detroit unless they turn out to be world beaters. Three and three in the division, and and find a way to win uh, 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 two or three more games on the regular, like that that Washington game. That's a game you've got to finish, and they're playing them again this year. Yeah, like they should have won it last year. They've got to find a way to win it this year. And if you like, want to look back like to last year for some answers. I remember covering the Bills game, or even like the Eagles game, especially where you're watching it, and it's a close game. You're like. You know what? If if you add a few pieces, like on both sides of the ball, and and the quarterback continues to make plays like this, like you could see things coming together, signs of it. The coaching seems to be there. They just need better players. Like what type of off season is Ryan Poles going to have? Because they were 
close and in those games to a point to where you saw the Eagles' talent take over, where you saw the Bills' talent explode and take over the game. I think the Bears have made important upgrades on both sides of the ball where you'll see some leveling of the playing field, not maybe against some of these great teams, right? Right, but against the Detroit's, against yeah. the Vikings, and against the Packers, not world beaters, right? Yeah. Exactly, and again, like this this regular season schedule, I don't believe they're playing a ton of world beaters. No, I don't think so. So, I do you have any thoughts on uh, before we let you go on on the stadium issue? And whether or not That's that good. will be something that gets addressed sooner rather than later. No. <laughs> I don't think. Definitely not sooner. I think the city has become a real option again. You do. Now, whether or not they find. On a different you know, plot of land or, yes. or the, a rehab again of Soldier Field. I don't think it's going to be rehab of Soldier Field. I think the McCaskey family strongly wants their own place, their own building. Where that happens to be in Chicago, I, th- I think there needs to be some options explored, and I think Chicago does have some options. But, yeah, I would say definitely not sooner. Seems like a later yeah. <laughs> later process for Kevin Warren. So when you say they want their own building that the Bears would own or that they would go like 50-50 in with the city, yeah, something I, like that? Yeah, I, they could make an agreement. I think everything has to be on the table with how things are transpiring in Arlington Heights. Absolutely. All right. All right. Adam, great to see you. No more arguing with the umpires. Don't pick on. <laughs> By those the way, umpires. Carmen sent us a text that said that uh, Adams' team beat Carmen's team last year. So that did happen. Yeah, yeah. and Car- I know Carmen's team very good. Western Springs, they have a great league. So your league must be good. It's good. Yeah, and our nine U team, Northwest Side Chicago Jets, they uh, they won the league this year. So wow. I get that shout out in there. That's great managing. Are you the manager or the one of the base coaches? Uh, the manager. You are. Manager. Wow. No, 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 all the kids. All the kids. We got the, the team pool party on Saturday. Do you really? Yeah. Where are you hosting that? <laughs> Not at my house. I was going to say, is that, is that athletic money? You got a pool, huh? No, no, no. Uh, good stuff. Thanks. We, we appreciate by, you. Thanks, guys. Adam Johns uh, joining us. We've got Waddle's World coming up. That's a baseball conversation. We're live at Hallis Hall. Businesses are successful when they control their bottom line. That's why more businesses across northern Illinois are partnering with ComEd Energy Efficiency Program to save on energy costs. Learn more at comed.com slash poweringbiz. It's that time again when we venture deep into the great unknown. And in Chicago, Tom Waddle. He can't run, he's not fast, but he gets open. A trip inside the mind of a multi-concussed former Bears wide receiver. He caught everything that was thrown and took every hit that they could give him, and he had an all-time day in the use of smelling salt. Buckle up, boys and girls. Tom Waddle, everything works out with Tom Waddle. If I had a football team, I'd like to have a Tom Waddle on my team because you draw from that. It's time to go inside. Waddle's World. Tom Waddle did have to use a lot of smelling salt. Oh, you bet your sweet backside, John. Waddle's World is brought to you by Wintrust Community Banks. They are Chicago's banks. Find your nearest Wintrust Community Bank. Visit Wintrust.com slash find us. Member FDIC. Um, you have lamented in the past something that I did to you that was, I don't know how the best way to describe it, not cool. Because it could have caused you trouble. Do you remember what that yeah, was? Yeah, is this the uh, the old uh, the packing tape uh, in the the bag when I was uh, going to Miami? This this really. Yeah, Charlie's looking at me. Charlie, you don't know this story. Where's, <laughs> oh, where's yeah. your microphone? Which number is it? 
Number one. I'll get it. I, I can yeah, do number it. One. You don't have to be an engineer to, to know how to do this. Give me a check. What's up? Check. Charlie's yeah. Charlie, Taking Charlie to the train tonight after the show. Charlie needs a ride to the train tonight. Getting a ride. To That's the good. Train. You're yeah. you're our good sh- thing. I've got the car today and not the scooter. Because <laughs> otherwise that. you'd be in trouble, bro. That would be a dumb and dumber situation oh, yeah. right, with the scooter. Yeah, I could uh, get a skateboard and tie it off the back. So you don't want to <laughs> do good. that. That's like yeah. uh, Back to the Future yeah. right there. And back to the hospital is what that would be. So so when I was uh, again on paper, when you're single, you think it's cool to go on a solo trip. You always think this is. A, I'm single. I'm gonna get away. Did gonna... you really go by yourself? Yeah, you didn't I... even have a like. You weren't meeting like no. a burger or a. Perry. No, it was like a four day, three night uh, vacation to Miami by himself. By himself, nice. And then and you it, loser, loser. Until like you think this is gonna be good. I'm gonna read. I'm gonna God just read. chill out until you're until you're actually sitting at a bar eating alone. <laughs> and then you're like. What the? What kind of hotel what, were you in? What am I doing? Some South Beach crazy bad hotel. Bad. It was bad all the way around. So, but anyway, I, I didn't check a bag. It was only four days, three nights. But I, I had one of those roller bags. And so Waddle, and this is an industrial uh, packing tape um, thing. And it was soon after. Well, I mean, it wasn't soon after because we were started in in 2007. There was a heightened sense of security like, checking bags yeah. at at the airport. 2008. This yeah. was when I was single, and it was it was a packing tape like how you p- move, like pack boxes yeah, with. Yeah, yeah. The blade was a good two inches oh, long. Oh, jeez. The blade on, on cutting the tape was two inches long. It wasn't a box cutter, but it was. It was the whole tape. You get thing. the roll of tape and you roll was it, it like across. And, it was yeah. like a tape gun. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Pretty so, much, yeah. so and he put it in like the side compartment. He brought his bag to work, and we had one of those in the office. So I took it before he left and put it in the side pouch. Of his and and, and wouldn't you know, it'd be really cool if he tried to get his bag through security, security. and that they would bust. He it. wanted to bust me through TSA, saying, "Sir, what is this?" It's time for a full cavity check. You're trying to sneak this through? What else you got? That's a bad dude. That, so, I, mean, I don't know. That was a bad move. So this will give you faith. Uh, during heightened security, they didn't catch it. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I was going to say, like, that's not even a prank. That's like framing someone for Yeah. He tried to frame me so I would get thrown in jail. So instead, I, I get think, to the I hotel. Did, I, I didn't think it through. So I went to the hotel, and I went to reach into the bag in the side compartment. Like, maybe I thought my socks were in there or the underwear was in there. And then something bit me. I put in my hand in there blindly, and all of a sudden, I felt something bite my hand, like a sharp thing bite my hand. And I had, the beginning of the trip, a whole slit, my whole thumbs. A whole deep cut. At least you weren't in the airport jail. That, that is the reason why. Consolation prize. It is. But. It is the reason I mentioned. Yeah. Is, why? Is why you, you think I'm a bad guy? A Finnish man places 26 and a half pounds of dynamite in a friend's vehicle and claims <laughs> oh it was a goodness. joke. I was just pulling a prank. A Finnish man reportedly stored 26 and a half pounds of dynamite in two cars belonging to a friend, saying, ah, it was just a joke. 
The owner of the two cars didn't see it as funny and informed the police who briefly detained the potential prankster. He was eventually freed, but remained uh, remains a suspect. I don't have any explosives, and I would never well, do thank that. Thank you. I would never You're do such that. such a good guy. That's very big of you. <laughs> Uh, you know what? I thought it was a really funny thing to do at the time. I do, with the benefit of time and maturity, kind of realize it was not such a good thing to do. Uh, so I do apologize years later. How about that? Yeah, like how old? 15 years later? It's been a while. It's been a while. So, like, how, how old? What's the worst prank anyone's pulled on you, Charlie? I don't know. I maybe was, the most inappropriate prank. I was trying to bring back whoopee cushions for a while, but... <laughs> <laughs> that's just good, you know, bathroom. Everybody yeah. likes a good whoopee that's not, cushion. That's, a, that's not TSA, you know, security fun. I, I feel like they had a moment, and I think it's time they come back. I don't think you need the cushion. They've got the sound effects thing now. Just then you yeah, can but there, there's you nothing, hit the like, button. It's the whole process of sitting down, and then you have to do, like, the like pulling out from under you. It's the big reveal. It's a whole show. That's probably the worst prank that we've pulled when we were younger we used to put thumbtacks oh. on people's chairs oh that's not yeah and like we were mean very mean in junior high that was when we were in junior high Did you ever get anybody with that oh, trick absolutely what do who you mean? sits down without looking where you're sitting everybody really i don't think anybody uh, yeah. looks where Never you're sitting been like, what, what, okay so what else what if you're putting thumbtacks on seats what else are you doing is there anything else I once got suspended for drawing a house on somebody's shirt in junior high. What? Yeah, with a, drawing, felt, a felt pen. Drawing a house? Yeah. What do you mean? I took a felt pen, and I was sitting behind a kid, and I drew a house on his shirt. So you ruined his shirt? Yes. But it wasn't any. It wasn't like a penis. You didn't draw a no, penis no, on his shirt. No, no. But I started drawing on his shirt. Why? I don't know. Did you not like the kid? Bad. It was bad. What would make you want to do something weird like that? Because it was a jerk. You were, he was. I was. We would nugget kids a lot, which is like when you... you Excuse me? You flip, the, um, you flip their backpack inside out just completely. And it's all... Kids are mean. Yeah. We used to do the, the zip ties. We would zip tie kids' backpacks to the lunch tables. Oh, man. <laughs> What are you running around with zip ties for? Well, someone would go pick and up I'm, some zip and ties. And I'm the one that's troubled. A lot of, wouldn't you do the old cellophane on the toilet seat thing? I did not, never did that. No? No, it sounds like a good one, though. Put that, the clear yeah. cellophane over. Yeah. And they pee, and, it's, and then you hear that I would, sound, I mean, and, that would and be pee's bouncing all over. That would be something that you would notice as well. Would you? I think so. Okay, do you see this story? This was, uh, I woke up to this story today. We all knew Phil Mickelson liked to make a better two, right? And a new book that came out, uh, uh, the book alleges that Phil Mickelson wagered over $1 billion and tried to bet on the Ryder Cup. I heard this this morning, and this is shocking. Here's the, here's the, the article. Phil Mickelson bet more than $1 billion on football, basketball, and baseball over the past three decades and even allegedly attempted to place a $400,000 wager on Team USA in the 2012 Ryder Cup in which he participated, according to an upcoming book by renowned professional gambler Billy Walters. Excerpts of the book, Gambler, Secrets from a Life of Risk, were first reported today by Fire Pit Collective and provide the most detailed look yet 
at Mickelson's Sports Gambling and his relationship with Walters, a Las Vegas businessman who is widely considered to be the most successful American better ever. Citing betting records in two, quote, very reliable sources, Walters writes that from 2010 to 2014, Mickelson made 858 bets of $220,000 and 1,115 bets of $110,000. He estimates that Mickelson endured losses of approximately $100 million while betting more than $1 billion over the past three decades. Walter says, the only other person I know who surpassed that kind of volume is me. According to the book excerpts, in September of 2012, Mickelson called Walters from Medina Country Club during Ooh. the 39th Ryder Cup. Ooh, we were and, there. And asked Walters to place a $400,000 wager for him on the U.S. team to win. Which they lost. And Walters responded by scolding Mickelson, have you lost your blank in mind? Don't you remember what happened to Pete Rose? You're seen as the modern day Arnold Palmer. You'd risk all of this or all of that for this. I want no part of it. Walters added that he didn't know whether Mickelson placed the bet elsewhere. As you just mentioned, the Americans lost the Ryder Cup to the Europeans by one point. ESPN has reached out to Mickelson for comment. I don't believe that he has responded yet. His affinity and struggles with sports gambling have long been in the public domain. 2015 court documents and a money laundering case revealed that nearly $3 million was transferred from Mickelson to an intermediary of an illegal gambling operation. In 2021, the New York News revealed that Mickelson had been linked in court documents to an alleged mob bookie in a 2007 trial. Mickelson was not charged in either case, but stories of his gambling have surfaced throughout his career in which he has made more than $96.5 million in PGA Tour on-course winnings. Uh, the six-time major champion also reportedly signed a multi-year contract with Live Golf worth about $200 million. Don't you remember when... There was the rumor that he changed gears. He went from, I, I don't know if he was a Titleist guy or whatever it was, to Callaway to pay in exchange debts. for Callaway paying off his debts. That was the rumor that was out there for years. Do you believe a person can is capable of gambling a billion dollars? Well, they said, again, think about the number. He made 858 bets of $220,000 or more. Like, he bet $220,000 on something... Over 850 times. Mm. Uh, how do you, uh, does this change the way you feel about Phil? No, because it's his money. But it's also on stuff that he's participating in. Well, yes, if you're betting on World Cup things or, or, uh, or uh, Ryder Cup things, that that's different. Um, like it's but, fine but it's, when he's on uh, Dan Patrick betting on the NFL. Is it fine when he's gambling on events he's playing in that's that's a different story yes on, on that front um but it's an individual sport except if you're betting on the Ryder cup or betting against your team in the Ryder cup I, look i don't know how truly to feel about it i i think because it's been golf for most of the time and most of the rumors that i've heard have been about him gambling on other sports it kind of never really bothered me well let me ask you this like would you be in favor of saying that uh, a player believes so much in himself or the team that he's going to put his own money out there. Because, of course, you're right. always going to think you're going to win. I believe so much in our team that we're going to win. I'm going to put five hundred grand of my own money on our team to win. 
Is there an issue with that? I, I know it's not a. It's not acceptable. I it's mean, it's, not there's acceptable, rules against it. You but, can't bet but, on something that you're participating in. Do you know what I mean? I, I, I do, but I, just, I think as soon as you open that door, it's a slippery a slope. Bit, like, it's just not worth you. Well, it's the whole door. conversation about Pete Rose. Well, Pete was only betting on himself. Do we know that? No, no, and I don't think we think that. Well, I mean, but that was the initial conversation. It was also illegal then. Correct. That's true. But with the issue in terms of the moral approach to it. Do you have a problem with like, someone betting? What if Jimmy betting? Butler said, I believe so much that the Heat in us, that we're going to win. I'm putting down half a mil that we're going to win game seven. I think that, like, I, I think that makes things even more intriguing. I, I it does. That, but, like, when you invite any sort of scrutiny that the outcome could be influenced in any sort of way, even right. if it is, like... Just so then letting, you're ne- that, letting that like shred of possible doubt creep in, I yeah. just think is a problem. And I don't think they and, and right, and that's why sports doesn't want it because you what, could influence play, players on the other team. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So that's I why so. I think it is a slippery slope. But the the Phil Mickelson story has always I, it's been an intriguing one to me. Yeah. Then maybe you would say on like a player on the other team. Oh, you don't want to bet as much as Jimmy. Yeah. Do you not believe in your team as much? I guess there are like. Or, I mean, like, it could be, hey, uh, I'll cut you in if you, you know, right. don't let me, don't guard me on this player or something like that. Yeah. yeah. No, it, it, again, it is, it is a slippery slope, but I've, I, I'm just, I've always been very intrigued by Phil Mickelson on the court and off. He's just one of those on personalities. On the course and off? On the course and off. He's just one of those personalities that, you know. I found myself very interested in. Colts are going to start rookie Anthony Richardson to, uh, to begin their preseason. And uh, ex-Raiders wide receiver Henry Ruggs was sentenced to three to ten years for that fatal DUI wreck that occurred, I believe it was two years ago, mm. in Las Vegas. Uh, when we come back, uh, we'll lighten the mood a little bit. I have an article about um, marijuana and gonorrhea. I have another one about gonorrhea. I have an article about marijuana. Marijuana and gonorrhea. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Separate articles. Okay. Not not one in the same. Sounds good to me. Yeah, I can do that one. Not the gonorrhea part. No. Yeah, right. Exactly. (laughs) Chicago Cubs baseball is on Marquee Sports Network all season long. Tune in on Tuesday at 7.05 when the Cubs take on the White Sox in game one of a two-game series at Wrigley Field. Tune in at 6 o'clock for Cubs Live, the award-winning pregame show, and stick around after each game for Cubs postgame live. For the full schedule, visit MarqueeSportsNetwork.com. Follow Chicago's Home for Sports on Twitter at ESPN1000. This is Waddle and Sylvie on Chicago's Home for Sports, ESPN Chicago. All right, I promised you a couple of important stories. Uh, first of all, uh, let's take a, a straw poll before Eric leaves. 50% of all Americans have tried weed. 17% of regular smokers, according to a new Gallup poll. I've tried it. I'm not, a, regu- I'm not a regular smoker. Right. I think Eric and I are both regular. Regular? Oh. Yeah. All right, smokers are, or um, no, and by the way, there's no judgment taking place no, right here. No, it's legal. It's, legal. it's like drinking. Yeah, but I just want you to know there's no moral judgment being taken place right now. So you guys both like the smoking aspect still? I prefer, I prefer it over over the eating. Really? 
I like How it. often would you say you spark up? Before bed. Every night before bed? Three, four times. Yeah. yeah. It helps you sleep? Oh, yeah. Really? I, feel, I love the smell. Sleep way better. You love the smell? Love the smell. I love the smell of someone smoking. Weed. I like I like magic markers and gas, but I don't like the smell of weed. Is that weird? Yeah, I think so. I'm with you on that one. You like magic? Which one? Magic markers or gas? Oh, like I could stand yeah. at a gas station and yeah. pump oh, people's yeah. gas all day long yeah. and just get high on that. I could huff. I am a huffer. I could huff my markers. Just saying. <laughs> just saying. Like I like the smell. Do, do magic markers still smell these days? Like Sharpies? Uh, like, I don't get, think a Sharpie has some, a smell. Uh, like if you get the bigger ones and some of the, the different paint. Like, yeah, right. Yeah. Like I think now. those were the old toxic ones back in the day. That's probably why my eyes cross frequently and I pass out. Uh, okay, so here's another thing, fellas. Be careful, okay? Charlie, I'm talking to you right now, all right? Untreatable gonorrhea threat has drug makers sprinting for no uh, new cures. There's a resistance um, building out there to the latest effective antibiotic that is uh, prescribed for gonorrhea. Data on new drugs and development coming in months ahead. So just saying, be careful out there is all I'm saying. Again, once again, I'm not passing any judgment. I'm just trying to give you a little bit of support, a little bit of information that you put in the... It's just wrapping it enough. To prevent I, it? I don't know. We, I'm like, not sure. Like, right. Public health advisors. Yeah, I'm just telling you, there's an untreatable gonorrhea out there now. And the, the, the drug makers are trying to find new cures. Or is this just a scare tactic from the drug makers that are just they're trying to get you to buy the new medication that helps you with your gonorrhea? I think we may have unearthed the new P for Waddles World, PSAs. Yes. Thank you, Tyler. Yes, PSAs. There's no question. I'm here to help. But is it really a PSA when he doesn't know what the hell he's talking about? <laughs> he's getting yeah. the good word out No, there. I'm getting the good word out that there is an untreatable form of gonorrhea that's going around. So the PSA is to just have safe sex. Yes. Or abstain in general. Is whatever. That, whatever that's not what, your PSA, is that? Well, it is. Just be careful. Be careful out Just there. Just be careful out there. It's a dark, dark environment out there. It's a dark world. Don't want you to find yourself, Charlie, with something you can't get rid of. Especially if I'm driving you to the train tonight. Well, I mean, get that dirty he, body into my car. What do you think he's going to do to you at the train station? I, I, I don't know. I really don't. I, mean, I really don't. What, what's going on in I that car? I have no ride? idea. I don't know. I don't know how that. I don't know how that is. Thanks for the ride, Tom. <laughs> Before I board the train, <laughs> Charlie, here's your pants. Don't forget them. I'm just trying to help the young lad over there. Jeez, near the caboose. I don't know why Waddle's trying to get out of here so early. Jeez, I'm just trying to give all of you, you know, a heads up out there, okay? If you didn't already think that safe sex was important, here's another another piece of information for you. There is an well done. untreatable strain of gonorrhea that's going around. Well done. Well done. Have you ever known anyone who had gonorrhea? That, that's no, a disease I don't, from like the 70s, isn't it? I still it? don't know what it truly is. Like I just it's know a it's sexually bad. transmitted disease. That I, that I know. It's an STD, but, bro. Like, like it's, I don't it's not know a new what, album out right. from your latest performer. Band or not a band, Gonorrhea. Gyn- it's probably a band, isn't it? Is there a band called Gonorrhea? The Gonorrhea Survivors. Are we, are we good? 
I'm going to look this up on my phone and not the What do you mean? Are we good? Are we good? Like, what are the symptoms? What are the symptoms? Uh, pain. <laughs> pain. Just like the clever Lang would tell you, pain. Is it pain? Is it burning? Is it itching? Uh, yes, all the above. You know? Yeah, I, I don't think you want to try it. What are the symptoms? Uh, I'm, I'm not sure how many I can read. Yeah, I don't. Let's pass. <laughs> no, let's not. move on. Well, what do you got? What do you got? Pain. pain. Yeah. What are you afraid of? Is it is it curable once you have it? Yes. Yeah. Did you not listen to my article that there has well, previously been strains that you could take care of? Okay. Now they're starting to have antibiotic resistant strains. It's no different than like different staph infections. Like there are new infections that are always arising that are that are you know resisting the effects of and antibiotics. You know if it was treatable or curable. That's what I was asking. Uh, I think it's been treatable up until now. And now there's a strain out there that may not be so treatable. Okay. Coming up next. <laughs> I'm going to put it. You know what I'm going to put? Put a tape cutter in your bag next time you no, travel. You, you, you're done That's with that. Um, let's talk some baseball. Decision making from David Ross last night. You question a couple of different things. And uh, a curious statement from Pedro Griffal. Plus, get your Would You Rathers in. Hashtag it WS Would You Rather. Send them to Tyler Aki. We'll play for a gift card in the 4 o'clock hour from uh, the Pride Stores. WS Would You Rather on Twitter. Send them to Tyler Aki. Your best either or question. We'll do it all coming up next. Be safe.